Yo. Hey, what's up, Coop? Man, I'm I'm phenomenal, man. How you doing? I'm I'm doing very well as also. Man, I'm re- I'm ready for today's guest, man. I'm ready. Today's um, guest is um you'd you'd never know what this guy's doing. It, it, you know, if you didn't know him. And he was so when you told me who it was, I didn't get his I didn't like the first time he told me I was trying to look him up. I guess I didn't ask for his last name. I should have did that. But he had a speaking event last year. I remember you like going to it. And I think you might have invited me to it. Um, and I'm sure he probably does more speaking gigs, but I saw he had like at the time he had like a hundred plus or right around a hundred units. Yeah, actually I put on an event and asked I asked him to speak for me. I put on a real estate investing like seminar, you know, sponsored by my business. And uh, I asked him for 60 minutes of his time and he came through. Man, relationships, man. So this is going to be a good one today. It's going to be a, this is going to be someone that if you're looking for a mentor and don't reach out to this guy, you're crazy. Um, He does things. We'll let him, we'll let him tell you how he does it. All right, guys. So uh, again, please subscribe. I got I got it right this time, Caleb. <laughs> please, please subscribe to the podcast. Rate us, review us. You know we're trying to get this thing up. Uh, so yeah. So on to today's guest. All right, guys. Uh, so I'm going to turn turn it over to Caleb now, and he can introduce our guests for today. Hey, everybody. Today on shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb we have a good friend a mentor and colleague of mine Tyler Anderson Tyler welcome to the show thank you pleasure to be here Tyler the first question we usually start with is tell us a little bit about who you are a little bit about what you do and then kind of maybe some of your your whys why do you do what you do yeah so um kind of give you a little bit of background so I grew up in uh, Edina Graduated from Breck High School, went to uh, University of Pennsylvania, got a degree in economics. And kind of when I was going through college, you know, a lot of my classmates did the whole Wall Street investment banking thing. And kind of that really wasn't for me living in New York City, working 100 hours a week doing investment banking. So um, kind of was looking to do, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I always liked finance and I was intrigued by real estate. And so when I got back to um, back to Minnesota, met with a, a good family friend of mine who owned a large real estate brokerage in Minneapolis and kind of picked his brain a little bit and asked him, you know, what I, what he thought I should do and with finance and real estate. And he put me in touch with the president of a mortgage banking company and, um, met with her and said, uh, do you want to give mortgage banking a try? And I said, well, what the hell, uh, sounds intriguing. Um, so, been doing mortgage banking for what has it been 17 and a half years so quite some time um now it's been an interesting ride with the you know kind of the ups and downs the economy easy money difficult money covid money now Mm. so it's been uh, (laughs) it's it's been interesting and and i always i you know i enjoy what i do it kind of gives me the flexibility to do what my real passion has always been is investing in real estate um my dad gave me a book before I graduated from college, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you've everybody's heard that or read that book mm. or heard of it at least. Well, we actually just got Cooper to read it the other day. It's a it's a running joke oh. on this podcast. 
<laughs> it's like real yeah. estate 101. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 He's part of the club now, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's like that, that's really got me started into the whole premise of, of having an asset base that produces income to pay for your liabilities. And that was really what got me started in thinking about real estate is, you know, how do I, you know, what asset do I invest in to produce cash flow to pay for all my liabilities? So at some point, um, you know, when you're, you know, when your assets pay for your liabilities in perpetuity, you're financially free. And that's kind of the, the goal. And that was my why was to be able to, you know, and I, I've always taken things in a long-term perspective. I'm not a, I'm not a get rich quick person. It's, it's kind of more of a long vision and, and, you know, buying, buying slowly and methodically over a longer period of time to be, develop that asset base is kind of been my goal. Um, and, you know, the why too is, you know, I have two kids, um, son is Connor's five and my daughter is Isla's two. So it's been more, you know, to spend time with them to be able to have the flexibility uh, to be able to kind of do what I want when I want to do it and not have to be accountable or chained to my desk and, and have to, you know, live the corporate life. So um, just to having the flexibility has been, has been important. So when my kids get to a point where they're more active in sports, I can be there for them and be an active parent is, 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 you know, the big reason why I do it. Mm. Cooper, I know, I know Tyler a little better than you. I'm going to let you ask the first question. Man. So I'm so, okay. So how many, how many units do you have right now, Tyler? I have 106. 106. So what's the, what's been the time frame for you? So like from when you bought your first one to the 106th one, like how long has that taken you? <laughs> Could you tell us a little uh, bit how you yeah, started too? Years. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, after I you know read that book and I had a year of, of uh, mortgage banking on my belt, I bought my first rental property in 2014, sorry, 2004. Uh, so it was a duplex up and down in Northeast Minneapolis, three bed, one bath, each unit paid two ninety five for it with $5,000. So I paid closing costs and, you know, it, you know, it certainly wasn't a, you know, a great deal, but it got me started. It got me learning. Um, and it, it, so for the next couple of years though, if you remember the values kept going up and up and up and up and, and the, the numbers just didn't work. I've, I've always bought, I'm a cash flow buyer. I don't speculate. I don't, you know, buy in hopes that appreciation just happens. So for the next four or five years, I just didn't really see any good deals. Um, things just did, didn't write out the way that I wanted them to on a cash flow basis. So I kind of sat in the sidelines for a few years. And then I think everybody remembers what happened in 2008 and nine when the real estate market just crashed. And so that's when I really started buying. Um, I would buy you know, anything I was buying foreclosed properties, I was buying short sales. And, you know, I'm sure you're, um, you guys are familiar with the Burr method, I would, you know, buy really cheap foreclosed properties, fix them up, cash out, refinance them, take that equity, buy some more, and I would just, it would just snowball. And so I would kind of, I would focus first on Northeast Minneapolis. And then that area got you know, a little bit too pricey for me on a cash flow basis. So I would, you know, buy and, you know, I bought a couple of townhomes in New Hope and St. Louis Park. And I would just kind of just look for certain areas that was cash flow uh, worked better for me. So as certain areas got a little bit more pricey, I would just focus my concentration mm -hmm. elsewhere. And I mm -hmm. bought my last 30 or so properties, been up in Duluth and Superior. 
Um, so it's kind of a snowball. So once you buy your first, and then you know you buy your second, your third, and it just your, your equity grows. You can take out equity, disperse it elsewhere, and it's kind of a snowball effect. And I got kind of lucky buying in 2008 and nine. I mean, you could have thrown you know a dart at the MLS and found a good deal. <laughs> so it, it wasn't it didn't you know it didn't take a rocket scientist to kind of to find good properties back then. I mean, I was buying properties in North Minneapolis for twenty three thousand, thirty thousand dollars. Um, it's just, it was just easy. It took action. It's a totally different market. You, yeah, you definitely had exactly. to act. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go back before I let poor Cooper just takes over here. Um, no, chill, chill, chill. Uh, when you, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Tyler, when you started, you know, you, you had, um, the foresight or someone had the foresight for you to make a couple of introductions for you. And you created relationships with, um, the owner or president of the, one of the largest, uh, Minnesota real estate brokerages. And then he led you to um, the president of a mortgage company. Can you talk a little bit about how those relationships were so important for you to get started? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's always a little bit of, of who, you know, and, and so it was my very good high school friend. It was uh, his father uh, was the person that I touched base with. So I, you know, I grew up playing tennis with him. So I knew him for, you know, forever. And, and, you know, he was very willing to help in, in any way that I wanted. Um, so those relationships are important, whether it be people who can see, you can seek guidance from, whether it be, um, you know, a banker, whether it be, you know, a handyman. I mean, there's just a numeral amount of relationships is just to, you know, find people that you trust. And when I started, I actually had, um, I have a partner in a couple of my properties. I think I have, I have 50 properties. I think about 18 of them I have a partner in and he's somebody that I trust implicitly. Um, I don't have to worry about it. I mean, I could trust him with, with anything, with any, any amount of money. Um, so honesty, integrity is, especially when you talk about partnerships is extraordinarily important. Um, I've had other partners. I used to flip homes. I probably flipped about nine homes back. I haven't done anything in the last four or five years, but again, it's, it's just that person that you meet through, just through whether just through your life, whether it be through real estate or through friendships or through family, um, just to find people that you can trust. And that's really um, the most important thing with any relationship is to find somebody that you can trust implicitly. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious, um, Tyler, why, you know, you have these 106 units. Uh, I just want to say, I don't know anyone that has that many units. So like, I'm like, I only know one coop. I only know one. So, (laughs) um, so why do you still work, uh, your current job? Cause I, so I kind of separate things. So my, my rental, my real estate, my rental property income, that is totally separate. That's, I consider that a 401k. I don't touch it. It has nothing to do with my lifestyle. I, it's totally different. Um, I have a game plan is everything. All my properties are in 15 and 20 year amortization. So I'm going to have them all paid off by the time my daughter gets to college. And at that time I will be able to retire. So there's still certain things I like to do. I mean, I, I don't have cheap hobbies. I like to play golf. Daycare is expensive. Um, so I, I have my day job pays for my lifestyle and my rental properties pay for my retirement. So I keep them totally separate. I don't want to have to rely on my rental property. So any, any income I have through rental properties, I just, I will either, well, like I said, they're in 15, 20 amortization so that I build up equity quickly. And then any cash flow I take, I'll either 
renovate or I will buy and grow and buy more property. That's you. I don't take anything. I maybe take, well, I take that back. Um, when I bought my car, I bought a, I bought a uh, sixplex in Duluth whose cash flow paid for my car payment. So I took that cash flow to pay directly my car payment. So I didn't have a car payment. So that's the only time I've ever taken out anything from, um, from my rental property income um, just because I didn't want to have a car payment, but then I ended up paying off the car because I didn't like the payment anyways, but uh, <laughs> I, I still didn't like it. So just couldn't no, stand for the it, principle of that. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Even though I was paying two point or one point nine nine percent interest, it was just a principle of having a car payment. Like, ah, screw it, I don't want it. Yeah, so I just paid it off. I can't stand that. I've, I've never like I if I've in times in my life where I've had a car payment, I just I wipe it out. It just bothers me. You know, there's other yeah. other debt that's obviously good to carry. Um. Yeah. So what about, you know, you have the 106 and I, you even condensed some of that a little bit. Didn't you used to have more and potentially, you know, got into some bigger properties. Can you talk about, you know, what your portfolio is made up of? Yeah, no, I've never really gotten into the bigger, I, my largest unit is a seven plex. I have a bunch of six plexes. It's really, a, it's a combination of a lot. I got, I have, I've had townhomes, single family homes, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. Um, so I found those to be the best cash flowing for me. And I know, I know these economies of scale, I could buy bigger apartments, but it, it's from what I've found, it's more of a, an insider's game to find to find those bigger properties. And they just don't frankly cash flow as well as what these little smaller properties do uh, for me. I mean, it's just, it's easier for me to find deals on, on smaller properties. So even though I could go bigger, I, I just keep, you know, buying five, six, seven, eight of these smaller properties each year and, and grow that way. Um, I'm not opposed to buying bigger units, but um, it, it just, the numbers seem to, to work better. So, I mean, if I can buy a, you know, $1,500 or sorry, $150,000 duplex and get $2,200 a month, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're going to find a, you know, a $1.5 million um you know, property that's going to spit out you know, over 15,000 a month. It just, those numbers, numbers just don't work as well on, on a bigger scale from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's less risky. I mean, if I have a lot of little ones, a couple of them go bad and I still have plenty to, to make up the cash flow. Um, so I'm, I don't really discriminate on what I buy as long as the numbers work. I mean, I buy, I've been buying some college homes up in Duluth. Um, those numbers typically seem to be working out okay. So for like a hundred fifty thousand dollar property, cash flow is probably I get about maybe eighteen hundred dollars to two thousand a month. So I'll take those all day long. Sounds like you uh, you built your portfolio off of hitting a lot of singles, right? Yeah, I, I'm not trying a lot of singles, a couple doubles. Yeah, so my goal is to have a strong foundation. I don't want to have a house of cards. I don't over leverage. My my loan to values are very low. I buy in cash flow, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to hit home runs. I don't need to swing big. I don't need to re-leverage. I don't need to syndicate. It's just, you know, the beautiful thing about real estate is no right or wrong. It's what's right for you. Yeah. And I don't mm, want, I don't want yep. to take a lot of risk. I want to, I want to hit singles and doubles. I'm not going to put my family at risk. I'm not going to put myself at risk. So I'm going to just, you know, buy consistently and buy things that I know are going to cash flow in the long run. And I don't need to, to hit that home run. I, I could care less. I don't need to retire tomorrow. I don't know what the hell I'd even do if I retired tomorrow. So um, I can only play so much golf. So, Especially with I mean, COVID, <laughs> man. Like, what, exactly. you, you might as well work, right? Yeah. I, like I said, I, I still, you know, some days enjoy my job. So it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, 
But um, yeah, I don't know what else I do. So I just, I don't need to take those big risks. It's just not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. What um, Tyler, I was going to ask, so what, how much are you putting down on your properties? Uh, 20% and everything. Gotcha. Keep it simple. Okay. Keep it simple. Yep. Tyler, can you talk yeah. about when you started, you know, what maybe some of your goals were and then how you started reevaluating those goals as, you know, as you became, you know, a more experienced investor and then what your current goals are today? Yeah, it's funny. I've never, and that's one of the things I actually teach in the class is to have a game plan or have a roadmap. And when I started, it was, and, and your goals change over time too. Yep. So whatever, you know, you know, my first, my goal was, okay, $10,000 a month. Okay, well, I'm past that. So what else? I mean, so it, it just shifts and it depends on what your lifestyle is. Um, so when I started, I, I didn't really have a number in mind. I started off, okay, I wanted a you know, this is back. I, mean, I want a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's what I wanted. Okay. Well, now it's different. Um, you know, my goal now is is to have a million dollars a year in it of um, of rental property income. So that's after expenses. So that's the my net. goal. Then the uh, million is the net. net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm you know I'll who knows I mean, I'll just keep growing and you know my properties will be paid off in was it fifteen years or so so. No, I'm not there yet, but it, it's just something to strive for. It's it's no right or wrong. I have no reason for that number. It just seemed nice. Um, but it just yeah, it seems like a nice what my number. lifestyle is going to be. You know, I, it's, it's, you know, there's no right right or wrong number. It's whatever you know works for you. And I don't even know what my my lifestyle will be. It's probably way more than I'll ever need. But you know, it just seemed like a nice number. It was five hundred thousand four years ago, and I'm like, well, I'll bump it to bump it to a million. So yeah, love it. Can't Love be stagnant. Nope, no. No. So it might shift in five years. It might be different. It could be lower. It could be higher. I, I, I just, it's, uh, I don't know. My, my goal is to have everything paid off when my, my daughter gets to high school. That was my, that's my bottom line goal mm-hmm. right now. Hmm. When you started, um, Tyler, w- like, was there any fear that you had to overcome? Um. You know, that first deal, it's, it's always a little scary because you could you always kind of think what could go wrong, but I was in a different position then. So I was you know, 23 years old when I bought my first property. I mean, I didn't have a family to feed. I didn't have, um, I didn't have an expensive lifestyle. I mean, I only person I had to take care of myself. So, um, you know, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't really have much fear. The first one, I, I only looked at probably one or two properties when I bought my first one. So everybody's stage of life's a little bit different. So I guess it really depends on where you are. Um, I was young and, and I, I knew the process would work over time. So I just, uh, just felt, you know, felt with my gut and said, this is the right thing to do and did it. Didn't really think much about it. Um, cause the numbers worked. I mean, as long as the numbers work, they meet your goals. Just, you know, I just say, what the heck, just do it. What tips do you give to people who are looking for investment properties in, you know, in 2020 with, you know, 2020 numbers, 2020 market, um, you know, you, you could go to Duluth, things like that, or, you know, other markets, but what advice do you give to people who are starting out? I, I'd, I'd say be specific with your goals at first. I mean, you want to have a game plan or whatever it is. I mean, like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's, you know, do I want to buy single family homes? Do I want to buy duplexes? Is there a certain rate of return that I want? Is there a certain, you know, cash on cash return that I want? So define your goals first. 
and you know start looking you don't don't waffle between you know, i want to syndicate or i want to wholesale i want to flip properties now i want to long-term buy and hold i mean just get, define your goals first is is kind of what my my thoughts are and you know this market is it's a, it's a little bit different you have to be patient um because you're not going to find that golden property sitting in the mls um it's just it's just the reality of it at least in the twin cities area and that was my difficulty is I was too lazy to try to door knock or try to find deals. So um, I just shifted markets. I, I just didn't have the time to, to, to try to do the things to get a good deal. Um, so just define your goals to have a long-term goal in mind and just to keep at it, um, you know, pursue what it is that you want and, and keep looking and don't give up. And if something, you know, if something meets your numbers and meets your goals, just buy it and, and, and be consistent with it. You know, to be honest, I thought this, uh, I thought we'd be seeing a real estate downturn here. I was wrong in the beginning of coronavirus. I was like, okay, this could be a good thing for real estate investing because uh, I think, you know, the numbers, I, th I thought the values would go down a little bit. I thought there'd be foreclosures, but really haven't seen anything there. No. So it's still a tight market. Inventory yeah. is, is still really tight. So it's, it's hard to find good deals. You just got to be patient. I think I read today that tw Minneapolis is, has 26% less listings than it did last year. And, you know, I remember helping people try to find a house last year and it was hard, right? This year so far has been what, what no one predicted with the coronavirus, right? Um, yeah. Cooper, I got another question unless you have one. Well, I was, I was just going to ask, um, <clears throat> what was your, um, did you ever have like a, a recent epiphany like, go, you know, since you started your real estate or, I mean, it's been a while now, like, was there anything early on that was like, okay, I made the right choice with mm. my investments? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people think about when they buy real estate is just the, the long-term growth of net worth. Um, one of the things that I love about real estate is just your, how much, like I said, I have 15 and 20 year amortizations in all my properties and just to see the amount of equity I'm building up over time. So and you look at it over a five year stretch and then I look at, you know, if I have a 20 year amortization or 15, it's like, oh, wow, uh, I have I've created a decent net worth here. And so that's what's you know, the epiphany is, is is just even if you're not cash flowing well, the equity buildup that you have over time is substantial. Um I mean, you look at it and you look at all the tax advantages of it as well over time. You know, you're, you're building up equity, but not paying the taxes on it. And even if you look at, you know, this slow appreciation, I mean, I've seen a lot of appreciation over the last years, but um, it's just when you see the growth in your net worth, when you have to put a, you know, a bank's uh, uh, they call it net worth statement together for your bank or whomever, and, and you take a look at it, you're like, wow, this, I, I did do a good job. It's like, mm. how much W-2 income would I have to make? To, to have this much net worth if I didn't invest in real estate. I mean, you can't put a number on it between, you know, your depreciation, your tax benefits, your appreciation, you add all those together. And it's like, man, I, I could, I mean, how much W2 income would I have? So if I have $200,000 a year in debt buy down, it's like I'd have to make $350,000 W2 income just to pay, just to have mm -hmm. the $200,000 growth of net worth. Mm -hmm. So that, build up over time it's really been the eye opener is when i put my um you know put my financial statements together and i see over time how much equity i've built up 
So when mm-hmm. you when you talk about a you know a regular thirty year mortgage versus the you know twenty or fifteen that you do for your investment properties, do you know roughly how much more of a percentage of principal you're paying off per payment? Um, I don't really do those calculations. And, and to be honest, I, I, mean, I started doing 30 year fix at first because mm. when I started, I wanted more cash flow. And when I didn't need the cash flow is when I kind of, well, two things, when I didn't really need the cash flow as much, but then I owned over 10 finance properties. So I really couldn't get a 30 year fix anymore. <laughs> um, so there's two things that started getting me going on that, but I, I like it. I mean, it's just, I don't need more cash flow right now. It's just, I, I like the equity buildup. So reducing your everybody's liability. point is different. Um, when you start off, I'd absolutely recommend a 30 year fix to kind of keep the ease of those payments because things go wrong. I mean, you're learning. So, but you know, over time is when you get, you know, you have more knowledge when you have more flexibility with, with payments, then I think it's a good time to maybe look at other avenues, depending on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. When you, when you shifted markets, right, you were buying in the Twin Cities and you just the numbers stopped working for you. So you switched markets and you ended up picking Duluth. What were some of the key relationships that you made, you know, to be a landlord from afar? Um, well, I, I had an agent that was a younger, hungrier agent that would find me, um, find me good deals. And so I think he was able to articulate the area for me, you know, the, the different parts of, you know, whether it be Duluth, you know, certain parts of Duluth or Superior, Wisconsin, which is one big metro area up there, kind of, um, and just finding properties that cash flowed. I mean, he found me a package of seven college houses that were off market two years ago that I ended up buying. Um, so just finding an agent that knows how to work with the numbers and then that will, um, you know, be able to tell you what's a good buy and not, because I really didn't know the area. Um, my property management company started off with ended up being a bunch of crooks. Um, <laughs> no. So I, I, switch, I recently switched in January and the new property management company is a thousand times better. My numbers are substantially better. Um, so you have to have a good agent. You have to have a good property management company and you have to be able to trust them implicitly because when you look at your statements every every month and you know they're throwing all these repairs at you, you have no idea what's going on. You can't really check on it. So you have to have somebody that's honest and trustworthy working on your behalf. And you know, the property management company is also gonna be working with the contractors for you in most cases. So um, you know, having that agent and having a good property management company are really key. Mm. Great stuff. Love it. Is there anything, Tyler, that um, you're still doing, like uh, any personal development? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I mean, I'm always listening to podcasts, I'm always reading books. So I always try to stay educated. I read news articles, you know, both with investing in, in real estate and my, and my day job. So I always try to stay on top of everything. Um, I try to read most real estate books that, that come out. You know, podcasts, some are good, some are not, um, you know, it's so I, I try to listen to most and, and, you know, you can always learn something. I mean, there's, no, you never stop learning. I mean, I'll never know everything. That's best for damn sure. Um, <laughs> but you always learn one or two nuggets from anything. And then you can, you know, whether it be a better property manager, whether it be how to analyze something, maybe a different investment strategy. So um, I'm always trying to find something to, um, to grow with. So I'm, um, I'm not big. I don't do really any networking groups. I don't really have any mentors. So 
I kind of rely just on, um, you know, podcasts and books and, and just industry, uh, industry, industry information. Where talk about the growth that you had, you know, early on versus now with how you manage your taxes. Mm. <laughs> mm, Caleb, I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically handed a bunch of papers to my accountant. And and and, and you did that from day one. You just you always yes, had the you always I, had the right accountant. You didn't have to switch around or shop or. No, I didn't. My the accountant that I've worked with has been works with a lot of small businesses, so he's pretty up to speed on um, industry changes and and such. I mean, I recently switched. Um, my wife's an attorney, so she's very neurotic about um, lawsuits. So. I had a bunch of my properties in my individual name and I've since switched everything over to LLCs just for an extra layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So um, I've done that in the last that was probably two years ago. I switched everything over. Do you own uh, one property per LLC or do you group it no, together? God, that'd be too much. Yeah. Work. I was wondering if, that, if how, how deep you went with that. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and I'm actually meeting with a, an attorney here in, uh, due to COVID has been pushed out a little bit, but um, on how to structure to make sure if I need to split up my properties into more bite-sized pieces, because I have three LLCs right now and I have a lot of properties in each. So I'm trying to optimize that. You know, I I don't know if there's a right or wrong. I also have, so you have an LLC for protection, then you, I have additional umbrella policies for protection. So I don't know what's the proper amount of protection. I mean, my wife is very risk adverse, so she, she would probably prefer me to have one per property, but that's just way too much work. <laughs> way too many bank statements. There's no way I would I could I could do that. So I, I don't know what's optimal or not. Tyler, do, can you define for us? I know you can, but in your words, you know, what's a ten thirty one exchange and have you ever done any of that yourself? I'm in the process of doing one right now. Perfect. So, um, yeah, I bought this little crappy rental property for thirty thousand dollars back and god it was over 10 years ago as a lady who run a, ran a daycare and she bought it for 150,000 and I bought it from her for 30 on a short sale rented it back from to her for the last 10 years then she bought it back from me for 130,000 or something like that so um you were telling never, me about never, this never stop putting the property I, I don't, I've never seen it so I, I like the best deal you ever did right no, my best deal ever was the fire that I had. Oh. Um, but <laughs> it's not a really good deal. But, oh, it's but, uh, um, but yeah, so the tenth. So I'm. It's a little bit different with COVID, but in in general, I would. So I sold it. God, was it a month and a half ago or so? So I would, in theory, in a regular market, I'd have forty five days uh, to identify up to three properties. So I'd have to buy a property of like kind. And then I have 180 days to close on one of those mm-hmm. one of those three properties that I've identified, and then I wouldn't have to pay the capital gains between the 30 and the 130 that I sold it for. So it's basically saving me the capital gains tax on that 100,000 gain or whatever it is. So, um, so that's that's the idea behind it. So I can you know deploy capital on a tax deferred basis. And so just, just to summarize it quick, 1031, you're selling a property that's an investment and you're buying hopefully one of the three that you identified. And instead of paying taxes on the sale, you just defer them into the next property. And is, will this be your first one you've ever done? 
I attempted to do one, but it was kind of it. It was kind of on the gray because I flipped it, mm. and yeah, those are hard. It what didn't it didn't really fit the guidelines, so I wasn't really gonna willing to risk it. So on your taxes, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. my goal is never to to sell. So it's never been a. I've never wanted to to sell this this one. The lady wanted to buy the property back from me, so I I just did it. I just ordered an appraisal. I said whatever the appraised value is, I'll do that minus ten grand for deferred maintenance. We'll call it a day. Um, so that's the only time I've I've, I've only sold a couple of properties. So um, that's not my goal to sell. It's my goal is to grow. I love that. Just keep it simple. Just keep yep. you know get a property, stabilize it, on to the next one. <clears throat> Yep. Cooper, what else you got, my man? We have we got the legend on the line right now. Oh, I know, I know. Just hang on, hang on. <laughs> any 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 book recommendations? Well, obviously the one that you just read was great. And, <laughs> Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, oh, gotta yeah, read sure. that. That's, one. Gotta read that's that like one. number number one. Number one. Are you, so are you talking about just for real estate? Well, what books? are you reading right now, Tyler? Yeah. Um. Well, let me just actually. I was uh, reading, was I reading two books? Silence is the key. I just started that one. And there's another one called Eat, Move, Sleep, just to how to get more energy throughout the day. Because I've been, I've just felt lazy during COVID. Um, I'm not working out like I used to. I'm sitting around more. I don't have the energy that I used to have. So it's a book on getting more energy. So I, um, just looking for better eating tips, exercising tips to kind of get myself out of the COVID move mood. So I haven't read it yet. I just started it. Mm. Um, but I think any of the, any of the bigger pocket books are actually really good too. If it's real estate related, um, great books, you know, Brandon Turner has got a couple of good books on a manage rental properties. Uh, David Green's long-term, uh, real estate or long distance real estate investing is a good book too. Yeah. Um, good I think book. anything really in bigger pockets is, is uh, a pretty good read. What's your plan to finish 2020? Uh, as far as what? As far as real estate? Uh, it could be, could be anything. I mean, it could be, could be relationship goals, could be you know, entrepreneurial goals, real estate goals. I, I know you're a goal-oriented uh, yeah. person. Yeah. So um, obviously my, my goal is that I want to buy – I shouldn't put a number on it because I had to find a good deal, but I want to buy at least three, three to four more properties this year is, is one of my goals. Um, I have a, a couple identified, but I've, I've kind of been, my goals have shifted a little bit because I have a, I've saved a lot through cash flow the last, you know, the last six months, but my, but I just don't know because of rent payments. So I've, right. always, I've wanted to have a kind of a bigger cushion right now because of the unknown of COVID. Mm-hmm. So my goals have shifted a little bit. It was that, you know, through, then when COVID hit, it was like, okay, now it's just maintaining because I want to make sure that I have enough of a buffer to get through whatever, um, however whatever long it was going to last. So, right. so I, they've shifted a little bit just because now it, it's like, I want to have that cushion. So how much do I want to spend? So I'm kind of slowly opening up. I'm seeing things not as bad. I mean, my rent collections were at about 93%, um, which I was expecting 80% when this hit. So Mm. it's better than I expected. So I think I'm going to start more actively pursuing more property now. So that's, um, 
don't, as of now, want to buy three to four more properties, um, get, my, get my ass back in shape again. I was in <laughs> great shape uh, pre-COVID and uh, you know, CrossFit and Orange Theory. And now my wife won't let me go to any of those places. So I have to figure out <laughs> other ways to, to stay in shape. Um, so not just her, but, you know, we have my grandparents or my parents, the kids' grandparents that are of uh, in a more riskier age group. So I right have to on. be cognizant of uh, of their health and their desires too. So I'm, yeah. I'm aware of that. I don't need to blame it on her, but I like to. Um, <laughs> but trying to find ways to get myself back in, in the shape that I was and have the energy level that I had um, back in March. Um, so getting back in shape, buying a few more properties. Um, you know, as far as my, my mortgage goals, just get through the dang year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, it, um, it certainly has. Have you started running outside at all, Tyler? Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't prefer it. I, I, it. I, I, I need somebody to tell me what to do and do it. That's why I like the, more the group class for Orange Theory. And there's a sense of competition there too, which is nice because I don't want to lose anybody. So it's, um, it's nice to have that extra motivation. Just running, yeah, it's fine, but it doesn't really do much for me. I'm in the same boat. Coop, you were running for a while this year too, right? Let's let's not go there, man. You're back let's, in the gym though. You're back in the gym I'm, right now. I I never left. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> let's just leave it. <laughs> That's good, man. That's real good. Um I'm trying to think what else we have for you, Tyler. You just were blitzing off facts oh, it was... and you know, the cool thing about Tyler is he does teach a real estate investing class, you know, before COVID, probably quarterly, right? Yeah, I got three, three of my classes got canceled. Um, yeah. I probably do it every other month or so. Yeah, something like fun. that. And I know a lot of your story is, you know, very, very public. You're always very open about everything. Um, if So for anyone who's listening and they want to get in touch with you, you know, kind of what's the best way to, <clears throat> to you know, talk to Tyler Anderson? Shoot me an email. I'm always on my email. So. And what's your email, the, Tyler? Uh Let's see. I check my work one more often than my Gmail. So uh, uh, Tyler.Anderson at GRARate.com. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Cooper, you got anything else? Man, so I've I've been holding this question back. I don't know if I should ask it. Oh, do it. So, Tyler, you said you uh, bought a car. Yes. What kind of car was it? Uh, Porsche Cayenne. What year? 2016. I bought it with what 35. I bought it. Uh, it was a dealer's um, service vehicle, so it had 3,500 miles on it. I wasn't going to buy a new car. I wanted to get the depreciation off of it. So yep. they mm, took 12,000 off sticker for the third the 3,500 miles that were on it. So um, it. didn't want to buy the new car. It was too. Uh, too smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, talk to us about your license plates. I've never asked you this, but your license plates are not Minnesota. No, they're Montana. Yes. Yeah. So it's it just happened to, to work out better financially. Um, <laughs> Man. <laughs> buying Montana plates. No, that's Save a little bit on the tabs. Yep. Yeah. No. Nope. A little bit in the sales. See, tax, so but... that gives you any any of the mindset at all about Tyler right there. <laughs> is he knows what he's doing. Um, I liked hearing that you're competitive in your classes because a lot of times, I th- I I think you play it off that you're you're not competitive. But I feel like anybody who you know 
who has a sustained amount of drive for almost 20 years now of continuing to strive and drive. And you got to be a little bit competitive. Is there anybody, is there anybody you compete with in the investing world besides yourself? No, I do not. I don't compare myself to anybody because everybody's Mm. goals are a little bit different. Mm. Um, and a lot of people just are full of shit too. So, it's, <laughs> it, you, know, you know, they say they have 200 units, but they syndicated it. I mean, so I, you never know the real story. So I, I kind of take everything with a grain of salt. And I mean, I don't need to, I don't need to have more rental properties than the next person. I don't need to have more cash flow or more door. And it's just, it's, you know, it, it's as long as it meets my goals, I don't get competitive over, over the amount of properties or real estate. I just, I don't, that's not an arena where I do because then you can get reckless. Mm-hmm. So if my goal is to have more units than somebody, you know, then I'll just start buying properties recklessly right. and, and not think methodically through it. So that is the wrong way to look at it. Mm. Um, make, make who has more doors. That means nothing It's you know, how is the cash flow? How does it meet your lifestyle? How does it meet your financial goals? Those are the important questions, not how many doors you have or how much mm-hmm. rental property income that you have or, you know, because, you know, I, I just, I don't, like I said, I want to build a strong foundation. I don't want it to be a house of cards. So if I start competing, um, I think I can, you can get reckless. That might be some of the best advice you've given tonight, in my opinion, is just, you got to, you know, stick to your, your plan, right? Who cares yeah. what everybody else is doing? Um, this is a cliche one, but what are you telling younger Tyler, you know, that now, what, what would you have maybe done a little different? Bought more back in eight, 2008, 2009. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a couple of properties I look at that I, I was just too cheap on. There was a, um, I was just thinking the other day too, it was a, it was a, a two or two or three bed up and down duplex across from Logan Park. Man. And the one know, that got in away. Northeast Minneapolis. Yeah. And, well, just one of many. And it's just like, yeah. I, I didn't want to pay 150 for it. And it was all, I didn't do, didn't do anything to it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's like and what? I look back and that's now? a four hundred thousand dollar property yeah, right now. And it's like, yeah. well, that was just penny wise and pound foolish. So, but wow. you know, you can look back at anything. Yeah, and, and, and have regrets. Like I should have invested in Amazon stock. I should, you know, you, but <laughs> I've done. You know, I, I can't have any regrets. I, you know, it's been fine. It, you can always do one or two things differently. Of course. I wish I would have switched my management company in Duluth a little bit earlier. Um, you know, little things, but you learn. It's all learning. I mean, you, you learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, this was good. That is, I, I don't have any more questions, Tyler. Um, is there anything you, you specifically wanted us to, you know, we missed something about your story. That's cool. Or, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I mean, this has been great. No, it's just, um, you know, I think the mistake a lot of people make is, you know, this is a get rich, slow business. And I think a lot of people get distracted with real estate because they, you know, they don't become, you know, that's just a mindset that a lot of people, media, frankly, United States have. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. immediate gratification. So, you know, you look at a property, it's like, okay, the cash flow is great. Um, but, you know, oh, it's only $300 a month. Okay. But, you know, you don't look at the long term benefits of it. So I don't think a lot of people just are short sighted. They, they say, okay, I am only going to make three extra bucks a month this year. And they quit because that's not going to give them enough. But you got to keep your long-term perspective in mind. I mean, you're not going to get rich overnight. And anybody that tells you are, I think, is full of crap. You know, I, I, I went, I've been to one web or one networking event in my entire life, and the guy was trying to sell me on. <clears throat> it, it was an interesting topic. It was buying, a, it was buying uh, group homes. 
And the first time he said that, you know, you can quit your day job in six months by making five to $10,000 a month in cash. I walked out. I'm like, that's, that's just bull. Uh, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a term. It's slow. It's methodical. You got to have patience. So that's you know, my advice there. That's great stuff, Tyler. Man, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great way to end it. Great stuff. Love it. Um, everybody. So, we appreciate having Tyler on the show. If you want to, you know, if you have questions, you want to reach out to him. He's been a great help to me in my journey. Um, but Tyler's email again is tyler.anderson at uh, grarate.com. Is that right? Correct. Grarate.com. Tyler, thank you for your time, man. Good to talk to you. Not again. a problem. Thanks, Tyler. Nice appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tyler Anderson. Cooper, what did you think? Man, I just – it was an honor. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't – you know, like I said earlier, I don't know anyone that has um, that many units, like that he per- like that he personally owns himself. Um, yeah, he talked a lot about syndications and how you like people are like, yeah, I just bought this, you know, 324-unit building in Memphis – when in all reality, they own like 5% of it and use investors' money to finance the rest. But it's, he's got it all, you know, with his, with some partners, small partnerships as well. But yeah, it's nothing, nothing elaborate. You know, he started out with one and he got his second one. Then he, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. And I like, I like how he said his first one, you know, just wait for him to get in the game and get started. You know, he had, um, some knowledge, um, but you know, like he said, his first one was not the best deal, uh, but it got him in the game and he learned and he gained knowledge. Um, and you can't, it's one thing to have book knowledge, but there's, it's a completely different thing to actually have hands-on experience, you know, his relationship advice too. So he, you know, he talked about how one of his best friends, dads, um, kind of set him up with somebody who set him up to be successful and that's great and all. And people will say like, oh, he had all that was connected, you know, but I'm pretty sure that if his best friend's dad didn't like him, he didn't see, you know, oh, for a sure. young man trying to be all he could be. He wouldn't have made that intro. You know, so, for sure. so I mean, you never know who can introduce you to someone. At, at, the, end of the, do- at the end of the day, you still have to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, Even if it's closed man. sometimes. So <laughs> walk right in. So and another thing, and just just it's kind of cliche, but um, just how he talked about his way of buying, um, you know, he buys you know like five plexes, six plexes, duplexes, um, duplexes, you know. small smaller things that to him make sense, and um, you know, and then you hear other guys say. No, you need to buy 16 units or, or bigger units. And I just I just like how he said, um, you know, your goals, what you do needs to match your goals. And you need to be specific on your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what's going to guide you to whatever, whatever you're, you're doing. But if you don't have goals in place, um, specific goals, I like how he said specific. Like, that's a key to like specific goals. Then, you know, you're not really going to. Um, 
get much. Done. I think you could pick up on this too, but and his him his specific he's he's cash flow specific. That's always been his mo. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, I think he'd be the first one to tell you he'd be happy with half the units, but the same amount of cash flow. You know, that's yeah, that's always been him. Always love talking to Tyler, um, and he personally. Anytime I ever had a question when I was just getting started or even recently, right? Like he will always answer my texts, phone calls, or um, emails. So definitely hit him up if you he's – a, he's a great guy. Love it. Good stuff, Coop. Um, good talking to you, man. Good talking to you too, man. I hope I hope everyone listening has a great rest of the week and uh, keep striving, you know? Keep striving. Keep pushing, guys. Cool. Talk to you soon, Coop. See you next week. See you next week. See ya. Bye.